Welcome to this bonus edition of Bible Explained Verse by Verse. Today I want to talk about what it means to be born again. You and I will not be able to enter heaven unless we are wearing white robes of righteousness, which we will be given if all of our sins are forgiven. There's a lot of people who are wearing spotted robes, meaning they pretend to be Christians, but in reality, they don't repent of their sins, so their robes are spotted. And Jesus told the parable that included a man who showed up for the wedding feast in a spotted robe. He had never repented of his sins. And there will be Christians on Judgment Day who appear before the throne with stains all over their white robe and they will not enter heaven. They'll be cast into hell. That's why only the high priest could enter the temple once a year after he was completely forgiven of all of his sins through the ritual sacrifices, and he was completely cleansed and sanctified. This caused him to resemble Christ. He also put on the robes that signified and symbolized Christ all of the colors that he wore, the stones, everything in the high priest's garb was signifying Jesus. And that protected him from dying when he entered into the Holy of Holies. The only thing that will protect you and I from dying when we come before God's throne, and I'm talking about eternal death in hell, a death that never ends, is if we are protected by the blood of Jesus and if we are literally wearing Christ, and this means that his righteousness is in us and that our robes are white. And this can only happen through faith. It doesn't happen through willpower. You can't make yourself stop sinning. No one is capable of that because our flesh will always sin, just like water will always be wet. You can't take the sin out of your sinful nature. And that's what your flesh is. It's your sinful nature. It's your desires. So Paul said in the New Testament that we have to crucify that sinful nature, which means we have to die to ourselves through faith alone, because you can't do it by willpower. And then you believe through faith alone that Jesus is resurrected in you. And it's Jesus in you who doesn't sin. As long as you are living for yourself, you're bound to sin. You cannot stop sinning. But when you're living for Jesus through faith alone, not through willpower, because willpower is an agent of the flesh, that's when you are able to resist sin. Only through faith that Jesus is in you, because Jesus will always resist sin. Jesus will never sin. So we have these two opposing realities. We, in our own flesh, will always sin, but Jesus will never sin. The only thing that makes us righteous is Jesus alive in us, and he will not be in us by any other means except through faith and his own grace. So we have to believe. I've been a Christian my whole life since my earliest memory. They let me go to church when I was three years old, and I remember hearing about Jesus in church when I was three years old. The moment that I heard about him, I instantly believed that he is God and that he is my Savior. However, I never repented of my sins until I was in my 40s. That was when I finally believed and understood that I had to repent of my sins. 
and that that was part of salvation. It wasn't optional. You can't just believe Jesus died on the cross and then you're saved. You have to believe everything that Jesus said, which included that if we don't repent, we will go to hell. When you believe everything that Jesus said, then you're a real believer. There are so many people who believe that Jesus died on the cross, but that's where their belief system ends. And then they go off and live like devils, and they think that they're going to be saved because Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, Jesus died for everybody, but no practicing sinner is saved. Everyone must repent. Jesus himself said, repent and believe. He didn't say, just believe in who I am and believe that I'm going to die on the cross. He said, you must repent. He also said, in order to be saved, we must be born again. And a lot of people try to get born again using willpower to make their outward actions look good. And that's what works salvation really is, is when you pretend you're a Christian. When you do good deeds on the outside and you give tithe and you say amen at the dinner table, then you look like a Christian to everybody else. And that's works salvation. But real salvation is when you repent of your sins and you put all your faith in Jesus. See, the reason we sin is because we don't really have faith that Jesus is going to take care of us. We want to take care of ourselves. So we do things our own way. And that's what causes us to sin. We want to fulfill all of the desires of the flesh. We want to have sex and power and attention and control and money. We want to have all these things. Your flesh will always want those things, and it will never stop wanting those things. It's your flesh that gets full of demons. And the more we sin, the more demons we have. So Paul told us in the New Testament, the only solution is to kill the flesh. Now, I don't mean your physical body. Your physical body God made, it's a beautiful creation, and we're not allowed to physically kill ourselves. What I'm talking about is you kill your personal desires. You die to yourself, spiritually. And Paul said that we have to do this every day. Now, Jesus also spoke of this, but he called it taking up your cross. When Paul said dying to yourself, and when Jesus said taking up your cross, they're both talking about the exact same thing. They're both talking about spiritually, by faith, dying to your own self-will and saying, I don't want what I want anymore. I don't want the things that my flesh has always wanted. I want to obey the Lord. And then there's another side to it, because at the same time, you have to believe with all of your heart that Jesus is alive in you, because what we believe in is what we receive. If we don't really believe that his resurrection life is in us, that he is literally inside of us, then we're not going to be able to resist sin, because it's only Jesus who can resist sin. My flesh will always sin, but when I die to myself spiritually through faith and I believe with all my heart that Jesus is alive in me, I'm going to start acting like Jesus. Why? Because when I believe he's in me, he is in me. We receive what we believe. I believe with all my heart that Jesus is in me, and therefore I do what Jesus wants to do. I go where Jesus wants to go. I'm interested in things that Jesus is interested in, like telling people the gospel, sharing my testimony, extolling the name of the Lord out in public. 
And the more you do it, the easier it gets. You know, the first few times you might feel kind of awkward like a fish out of water when you first start sharing your testimony and sharing the gospel. But just keep doing it. You'll get better with practice. Don't worry if you look a little goofy every now and then. And don't worry about other people's reaction. The more you practice, the better your delivery will become. And it doesn't matter what other people's reaction is because that's not our burden. We don't have to make people believe. We only have to freely share everything that we know about the Lord. That's all we have to do is just freely share, freely tell the truth to anyone and everyone. And it's up to them if they're going to receive it or not. So we don't have to worry if they have a funny look on their face. That's not a problem. And everybody has a choice, so we don't force people to listen to us. They can always walk away. And when they walk away or when they ask us to walk away, that's perfectly fine. That's not our burden. That's between them and the Holy Spirit. So we just move on to the next person. We don't have any bad feelings about it. We just move on. The Lord will have somebody else testify to them later. But getting back to the point, we have to be born again. So this means that we have Jesus' life his resurrection life inside of us. And without that, we're not born again. You see, when Jesus is in you, you get transformed from the inside out. Your heart changes, your mind changes, your personality changes, all of your desires change, your perspective changes, you become more kind, more tender-hearted, and you become more honest the honesty starts growing and you have this burning desire to be honest with people and be straight with them and say, hey, Jesus loves you and he doesn't want you to spend eternity in hell. He wants to forgive you. All you have to do is repent. And then we explain the gospel to people instead of tiptoeing around on eggshells and trying to schmooze people all the time and trying to fool people into liking us. That's not real Christianity and that is not the gospel. But when you really have Jesus alive in you, you're bold. Jesus spoke to people straight. He was honest. He didn't beat around the bush and try to make people like him. He didn't try to be cool so that people would follow him. He just told people the truth, and they could accept it or they could reject it. It was up to them. He had plenty of followers. Not all of them were following him for the right reasons. You know, Judas followed Jesus because Judas wanted to make money off of Jesus. And Judas spent all of his time marketing Jesus and selling Jesus. And in the end, he tried to sell Jesus for eternal death. But Jesus turned that around, didn't he? And now none of us has to die eternally because of what Jesus did for us. So how are we saved? It is not by willpower. You know, I spent my whole life as a Christian into my 40s trying to be good by willpower. It's an impossible task. That's like asking a fish to fly. It's just not going to happen. The only thing willpower can do for you, and, and the New Age people use it, the atheists use it, the witches use it, all of the secular people use willpower, and many Christians are trying to use it too, all failing. Because the only thing it can do for you, the best it can do for you, is it can make you a really good Pharisee, which means you have all your neighbors and your relatives fooled, and ultimately you fool yourself into thinking that you're saved because you're such a nice person. You know, there's a lot of atheists who are the nicest people in the world. They give you the shirt off their back, and they would give you $100 if they thought you needed it, but they reject Christ. And their arrogance in rejecting their own creator is their downfall. And that's why, if they never repent, 
they will go to hell. And all the do-goody stuff on the outside won't fool God because he sees what's in our heart. He sees the wickedness and the blackness. He sees that we're still carrying lust. We still want to have sex with strangers, even though we don't actually do it. We still would love to cheat on our taxes. And the only reason we don't do it is because we're afraid we'll get caught. We still would love to harm somebody, but we don't do it because we don't want to get arrested. And Jesus sees that. Or we're polite to somebody who we absolutely hate and can't stand. He sees that. He looks in the heart and he sees, oh, this person hates their neighbor. Even though they talk polite and they act sweet and they always have good manners around their neighbor, they hate their neighbor. And God can see that. So that's why we need the resurrection life of Jesus in us. Because we can't fool God. He sees right through us. No matter what we're doing on the outside that fools the world, he sees straight into our heart. And we get judged by what's in our heart. Yeah, a lot of people are taking drugs and renting prostitutes and all kinds of terrible things. But we're still sinning if we have sin in our heart. Even if it's a hidden sin that nobody knows about but God. A hidden habit that we do in the closet that nobody's aware of. But God's aware. We cannot be righteous by self-control because the very best it could ever do for us is make us look good on the outside and just fool people. But it won't fool God. We have to be righteous on the inside. And that can only happen if we die to ourselves and if Jesus is alive inside of us. That's the only way to be saved is to be born again. The only way you will be motivated to repent of your sins is if you believe with all your heart that what Jesus said is true, that hell is eternal. And he said it more than once, that hell is eternal. It's forever. And that everybody who has unforgiven sin will go there. Jesus said that too. He even said that if you can't forgive somebody, you'll go to hell. He told us that in a couple of parables, that if we don't forgive others, the Father will not forgive us. And if we're unforgiven, we're not saved. It's serious business. We really have to repent of our sins, but it's something that we can only do by faith. Now again, I spent my whole life trying to force myself to be good, and I was using willpower. You know, willpower is an agent of the flesh. I was using an agent of the flesh to defeat the flesh, and you see why that doesn't work. The flesh is not going to work against itself. And that's why Jesus said a house divided will not stand. So your flesh is never going to stop sinning. It wants what it wants. The only way to be righteous is to die to our self-will and believe with all of our hearts that Jesus is in us. And therefore, we will receive Jesus in us. And he is the righteous one. Righteousness is when you know right from wrong, but you do right anyway. Now, Jesus is the only totally righteous one because he never sinned, and we need his life in us in order for us to stop sinning. None of us have generated righteousness because all of us have sinned at some point. So even if from this day forward I never sinned again, I still wouldn't be the righteous one because I sinned a whole lot before that. You know what I'm saying? I've sinned who knows how many times, millions of times. So I can't call myself the righteous one, or say that I'm without sin because I have sinned. But Jesus is the only one without sin because he never sinned. That's why his blood is the only blood that can transform us. So now in order to understand salvation 
from the blood of Jesus perspective, we have to go back to the Old Testament where God told the Israelites to sacrifice an animal whenever they wanted forgiveness for their repentant sin. Now, one thing that's crucial is they always had to repent. In the Old Testament, you look at it every single time they repent. They always stop sinning first, and they cry over their sin. Then they offer the sacrifice, and then they ask for forgiveness. Today, we have perverted the gospel so much that churches are teaching that you don't have to repent to be forgiven, that you're automatically forgiven as soon as you believe that Jesus died on the cross. And that is a doctrine of demons. That is taught nowhere in the Old or the New Testament. In both the Old and the New Testament, no one gets forgiven until they repent. If you think that you're automatically forgiven because you know that Jesus died on the cross, that is not true at all. In fact, every demon knows that Jesus died on the cross and none of them are forgiven. Every demon knows that Jesus is the Son of God and not one of them are saved. We have to repent. So in the Old Testament, the Israelites stopped sinning, repented, cried, offered the sacrifice, and asked the Lord for forgiveness, and they were forgiven. And the only reason that God told them to use animals is because animals are innocent. Guilty blood cannot take away the sins of guilty blood. Two dirties don't make a clean, is what I'm saying. It had to be an innocent animal that could atone for the sin of the guilty human. Since all humans sin, except for Jesus, who was man and God, all of us have sinned, therefore none of us can be a sacrifice for the other one. Now Satanists pervert this and they love human sacrifice because they don't want to be forgiven of their sin. They're trying to earn brownie points with Satan, so they love human sacrifice. But God forbid human sacrifice. Dirty blood doesn't make dirty blood clean. So they had to sacrifice an innocent animal. Animals don't sin because they don't know right from wrong. They don't have a spirit. They only have a soul, which is the personality. But they don't have a spirit. So therefore, all animals are innocent. But that blood had limited power. It only had the power to atone for repentant sin. But it didn't have any power whatsoever to transform the person's life who was offering the sacrifice. Now Jesus on the cross, his blood has power to the infinity, unlimited power. The animal blood had limited power. All it could do was forgive you of any sin that you had repented of up to that point. And then if you sinned again, you had to offer another animal sacrifice again. So the Israelites were offering sacrifices over and over during their entire lives. But Jesus... His blood has unlimited power to transform our lives so that we no longer are in bondage to a life of sin. By faith, we can have his resurrection life in us. Now, why does his blood have unlimited power to transform our lives? I've said this in other podcasts, but it just needs to be said again. Jesus is righteous. The animals are innocent. Innocent is a far lower level of goodness. It's the rock bottom level. Innocent is when you don't know how to sin, when you're a baby, or if you're an animal. You don't know how to sin, therefore you're not guilty. But righteousness is when you do know how to sin, and yet you never did it. You always chose to obey the Lord. And that's what Jesus did on earth. He always obeyed the Father. So his blood has eternal, 
unlimited power, and it can save everybody on this planet. He only had to die once, and all of us can be transformed from the inside out so that we're no longer in bondage to sin, and he doesn't have to get on that cross again. We repent of our sins, and we leave that old lifestyle behind. Now, that doesn't mean that we're perfect. We could still fall, but we need to immediately repent again. As long as he's alive in us, we're not going to sin. So I call sinning losing the faith. Because whenever I do sin, it's because I lost the faith. I forgot that Jesus is in me, and then I let the flesh come alive again. And that's why Paul said we have to crucify the flesh daily. We can never forget. But if we forget that Jesus is in us, and we let the flesh come alive again, we will sin. But we never go back to that old lifestyle. There are certain things I'll never do again, and I absolutely know that, because the Holy Spirit has purified me from even wanting to do those things anymore. And then there's other things that still are a little bit tempting, like being judgmental, or being unforgiving, or not being kind, or not being patient. These are things that I still deal with sometimes, and I have to resist. But that old lifestyle is totally gone by faith. So I just want to tell you, you can't believe in Jesus. You can say you do, but you don't believe in Jesus unless you believe everything he said. So go to the Gospels and read all the red letters. Read everything that Jesus said. And if you don't believe everything he said, you really don't believe in him. So ask the Lord to change your heart if you don't believe everything that Jesus said. Start right there. Ask the Lord to change your heart and to cause you to believe. And then when you do believe, you'll realize that hell is real and it's eternal and that you are going there if you don't repent. And then you'll be motivated to repent. And at that point, then you pray to the Lord. Ask him to forgive you and ask him to drive all the demons out of your life and ask him to teach you how to die to yourself on a daily basis and how to believe that he's in you. And then ask Jesus to live in you forever and believe it. If you don't believe it, it won't happen. We're told in the New Testament several times that we only receive what we believe. So it's important to believe. It's extremely important. Believe Jesus is in you and live new from this time forward. There's no waiting period with God. As soon as you repent, in that instant you're forgiven. And in that instant, you can walk forward and live a new life. So just walk forward in faith. Keep reading the Bible for sure so that you know what truth is, because there's so much false doctrine in the churches today, it's ridiculous. We'll talk about salvation more in depth when we get to the New Testament, but I hope this podcast blessed you.